This podcast contains material that may not be suitable for children or those of lesser constitutions. Listener discretion is advised. And now, go f*** yourself. Welcome back to another episode of The Innocuous Bastards, the show you did not ask for, yet here we are. I am joined once again by my cohorts here, my fellow bastards, AG from uh, this, uh, southern part of Oregon, uh, <laughs> Mac from the uh, western part of civilization. Uh, AG, how are things? How are things in your neck of the woods? Uh, I don't know. Pretty good. It's like almost summery down here, and looks like we're going to have a stretch of that coming up. So that'll be. A fun little bonus for April. And other than that, we're just getting by. I'm thinking that I will be eligible for a vaccine here next week. And I'll, you know, look into to doing that. I think it's probably not going to be too hard to find an appointment down here. Yeah. I just, I overhear talk of people, you know, not wanting to take the vaccine. And it just, it's so silly, you know. These people have just have now a baked-in distrust of science. It's mm. just part of their. It's just part of their DNA now, and it's like just think about all the things that science provides you, and ask yourself if you could have thought. Could you have thought up like cell phone networks and you know space telescopes and all that by believing in you know, anti-vax propaganda. It's like, I just don't get it. People, it's, it's just, these vaccines aren't based on nothing. They're based on previous coronaviruses and they adapt to them. So just, you know, get over your, it, really what I think it is, is people think that they're smart than the scientists or they don't want to admit that there's somebody out there that's smarter than them. So that's why they want to, you know, not take a vaccine or follow any sort of climate change advice, studies, what have you. So there's just a distrust of science and it's just, it's, I don't think it's getting any better. Yeah. It's probably a combination of thinking that they're smarter than the actual smart people out there. And also they don't believe that they're idiots. So they can't see themselves for the idiots that they are. So it's probably a combination of both. It's probably the same thing, but I'm feeling like there's they're two distinct things. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Hopefully that uh, that you get your vaccination appointment soon. I myself am also looking forward to to it. I've heard something like April 19th is the magic date uh, yep. where things will start to open up. So uh, I know that um, I've got. I'm going to be probably. Uh, playing vigil or something on some sort of website. Uh, I probably have Walgreens on one side, Albertsons on another, OHA, wherever. But I'm also, I have a doctor's appointment this Friday. Uh, as of this recording, that's about four, uh, that's four days from now. And I'm hoping that my doctor, you will, you know, kind of slip, you know, give me, give me an, Hey, you know, we're three days, three days ahead, but I'll, I'll slip you, I'll slip you a vaccine right now. It's probably not going to happen. She's by the book. But uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to uh, to that happening for you, AG, because that gets us one step closer. I know Mac, you're already vaccinated, um, so it gets us one Mac step closer. 
<laughs> gets us one step closer to being able to hopefully record uh, in our, our future episodes in person. Mac, how are things in uh, west of Portland? <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty nice today. It's uh, I, you know, I heard somebody say it was 70 degrees, but I think that was on their car. And I think, you know, you know how the I, I was just I was thinking about this earlier and I actually heard it on the radio too. They were talking about it. The car uh, temperature gauge is not exactly the most reliable. So you could be parked outside. It might be 87 degrees, but it might read 95 degrees when you first get in the car and you're like, holy shit, it feels hot. I don't think it's that hot. And, and then you start driving. It's like, oh, it's really only 89 or 88. So that that car temperature gauge, whatever it is, and I think uh, right now I've got a loner because uh, the car's in the shop, and it's uh, uh, I'm not sure how effective it is, but it, it it definitely shows that maybe it's warmer. It looked like it was about 70 today, and I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that's pretty damn uh, good, I think. It, yeah, it probably got to about 70 here in our in our part because, gosh, even as early as. 10 o'clock this morning, I was at camp. I was in, uh, at, in Beaverton and um, it was already pretty warm out, you know, not like, you know, get out your flip flops and, you know, tank top kind of weather, but warm enough for this this time of year for sure. And I guess they only gauge. Well, one of the gauges that we can do is if we can, I don't know, like leave dogs in the car, car in like a closed car and see how they react. <laughs> and maybe that could be a real gauge of temperature. Like if they faint, then it's probably too hot. And there, what do you think? That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah, let's just use dogs as an experiment. When has that ever gone wrong before? See, just, <laughs> see, just attach, see the Russians attach a Fitbit to them when their heart rate gets super high. Come back to the car, you know, done. <laughs> see, this is what people, this put people and Edgar in particular listen to this show for is these kinds of big ideas, right? And these innovative approaches to things because to your point mac why spend millions of dollars researching why there's a potential flaw in the car thermometer uh <laughs> readings when we could just simply put you know rover in there or fifi and, and we'll get to the bottom of things i have a better idea let's just put matt gates in the car uh <laughs> and then let's see what happens then because i don't think he's even smart enough to open the door to get out uh one and even if we could, I think we'll just go ahead and tie him up and throw his ass in there and sort of see what happens. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of an interesting story. Uh, possible sex trafficker. And it's funny, I guess I was reading today that Matt Gates, the gates were closed Ooh. to a meeting with Donald Trump. Hey, oh. So, uh, yeah, apparently he's on the outs and that's saying something, I guess. Yeah, but that's saying something. Donald Trump has standards? What? No. <laughs> exactly. Come exactly. on. Well, he doesn't want to ally, ally, ally himself or align himself with losers, you know? And so he was fine that, aligning himself with what's her face and then uh, with the Epstein or whatever his name is. Oh, um, yeah. He had no problem aligning himself with them, saying that they were good people or whatever he said or he didn't have any problem with them. You know, now Gates is suddenly bad. You know, all 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 he's doing is banging 17 year olds. So, I mean, I guess maybe it's the age problem. Maybe he needs them younger. I don't know. But maybe he's disappointed in Gates. You know, he's not he's, he's not up at his uh, game. But 
the fact that that guy is getting his comeuppance is very satisfying to witness, especially with that really annoying pompadour hairstyle that he has. <laughs> What's uh, so is I've not really um, kept up on it. So is are things close to him getting actually? found out that that he was a molester i mean what's going on well i think he's under invest he's under investigation and there's a lot of uh, i guess text evidence and uh various other evidentiary lawyerings i don't i don't know all the in the ins and outs but i do know that if you're if you're being isolated by the gop you're a real piece of shit <laughs> if, if if they're not like, I mean, they they let everybody back. They let what, what's his face from Iowa, um, e- even though he didn't get uh, put back on a committee, he's still in Congress. I can't remember his name, Steve something or other, the, the uber racist guy, and you know Ted Cruz's and all these other kind of people. You know they 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 welcome them back to the fold. But if Gates is not being allowed back to the fold, that means he must be at least um, you know a, a five out of ten on the Epstein level. Well, he still has at least one Republican. Uh, Gates still has one Republican support. Um, you know the famous Marjorie Taylor Greene, <laughs> because you know they're birds of a feather, I suppose, in that sense, right? Yeah, I guess. Unless she's uh, banging fourteen-year-olds, uh, I, I, I don't know what she's doing lately either. And it, it does feel like the the craziness that they're that they've been spouting. And even Trump, what did you say? Like uh, recently, uh, that uh, uh, McConnell's a dumb son of a bitch. It doesn't seem like that that's getting a lot of traction. And I think that's a good thing, probably. But it shows that the the Trumpers are not going to go down without a fight. And uh, if that fight means that they have to be horrible human beings, molesters, racists, uh, those kind of people, they're they're going to keep doing it. But Hopefully, they continue to be uh, mar- uh, marginalized by society. That's uh, yeah. We'll we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, some of that they do on uh, on their own. Ag, any thoughts about uh, current events in Florida like that? Uh, I don't know. I, I, Matt Gates is sort of like evangelistic preacher looking guy, and for what limited amount of information I've seen about this story, there's a lot of circumstantial stuff. There was, there's evidence of um, money being shifted around to pay girls, you know, not through an intermediary, but the intermediary guy is also, you know, in on this. So it's, it's, I mean, you can't be doing that stuff. And, and then I, from what I understand, Matt Gates is, the son of like a wealthy businessman, mm-hmm. something like that. So is probably led a life of privilege and is used to getting his way with things. And now that his predilection for uh, you know, underage girls slash paying for sex, that <laughs> is going to be something that's going to haunt him down the line. And again, in this new era that we're in, where all of this stuff with our former president, still not in jail, there's no like charges have been filed. You have to wonder if if politicians are sort of immune, if they just ignore 
what's coming up against them if they're somehow insulated against it because nobody's really going to put their foot down. So I worry about that with Gates. Um, I do hope he goes down, but I, I hope that for a lot of people who I think are sort of anti-democracy, anti-United States, and he can he can go fuck himself. You know, it was interesting. I think I was reading, there's an article today about John Cornyn, uh, another GOP guy who was claiming that he didn't know what he didn't know Biden was doing any work or something because he's not tweeting about it. And is, is that really where we've come in our society that if our president is not tweeting about something that he's not working as, as far as we know, uh, Trump every week was, you know, conducting, you know, Elvis like expeditions to the fucking toilet. And, and that's where he was doing all of his business. That was his real business. Uh, I don't think he did a goddamn thing when he was in office except tweet and play golf and, and, and like suck Vladimir Putin's dick. So to me, if that's worth whatever, I'm completely happy not knowing what Biden's doing every day because I, you can actually see the results of the things he's trying to do. Uh, they're putting out policy. They're, they're putting out uh, 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 different plans and things they're trying to do. They're, they're doing things. And so that's pretty sick if the Republican Party is like, well, if you're not tweeting, then you're not trying, apparently. And, and Trump never did anything of any note that wasn't uh, due to an executive order. If it, uh, if it required him signing his name to it, he was fine with it. But if it required any sort of um, doing, you know, work behind the scenes or <laughs> trying to get legislation passed, it didn't happen. As long as he could sign his name, that's why the travel ban, he touts that all the time is, I stopped, you know, people coming from China after the virus came because all it required <laughs> is fucking name. And yeah. so he didn't do the work. And you can see that after, you know, the election was over, he did nothing after the election was over to when he was out of office. So, I mean, just it's just ridiculous. And honestly, the stuff that people like he said, that uh, n- not tweeting means he's not working. That works. <laughs> Unfortunately, that works with a lot of people. Like they hear that and they don't follow up on it or they don't bother to really think about it. That it makes some sense in their brain and then that's it. Okay. I don't have to think about it anymore. So that, that kind of stuff works, unfortunately. It does. And it's, it's, it's pretty sick. Did, did you guys see that Trump has a, a, a new office? And his office in Mar-a-Lago, there was this whole thing, but they were analyzing. And this is how sad the media has actually become is that they are desperate for him to come back. I know they are, uh, even though they claim that they, they, they claim that they hate him because they got nothing else to talk about. So they, he took a photo, Stephen Miller, that miserable piece of human excrement was in the picture. And, and it was a, they had, he had like a replica of the resolute desk and his old seat when he was there, he's got a box and then like, well, he's probably got Sharpies in there and he's got a glass of diet Coke on his desk. He's got some challenge going to the back. It's like, fuck him. Fuck everything that is going on in that office. It looks like something out of like a Shiloh Inn. it doesn't look <laughs> very nice. I'm looking I mean, at- if that's Mar-a-Lago, I don't want to fucking stay there. I'm it looking looks- at the photo right now, right? Look at it's the photo ridiculous. right now. 
it's it's uh he's got a statue of himself on one of the uh, back tables. <laughs> I about that. Yes. I mean, if yeah. that's not a sign of egos, you know, whatever maniacal tendencies, I'm not sure what is. And and, and honestly, <laughs> honestly, that Stephen, I, I thought that was, I thought that was actually a statue or a cutout. But it, you're right, it actually is. It actually is him. No, it's yeah. it's pathetic. It's pathetic. you know what the, what the Coke thing is about, right? You know that. Yeah, no. wasn't he found people to boycott it or some shit? Right. And then he's got a yeah. bottle of it. That's just how stupid he is. He thinks he you can don't fool think of people. It. Yeah. He, he can fool people by putting the bottle behind the phone. Nobody's gonna see it. <laughs> you know, it's just like I mean, just so many things. This guy is so dumb and so lazy. It's so lazy of the of the and people just lick it up and just come on. No, but when to- it's People, it's like people's bullshit detectors stopped working in 2015. <laughs> it, it did for a lot of people, and purposefully yes. so. And I think to to Max's point about the media, and I think that's what's very disappointing about it is that it's there. The media <clears throat> is giving this piece of shit oxygen, uh, and and giving this piece of shit the basically the agency to be. To, to reclaim whatever relevance he's trying to reclaim. Um, and it is through, I mean, like, there, so there's this, uh, we're, we're all probably looking at the same photo from the same source, but there's a political article, political article, and it's an obsessive inch-by-inch inch breakdown of the 45th president's new digs at Mar-a-Lago. Like, who exactly. the fuck cares? Maybe 35% of the American people care, but that's that's a very small minority. You know, um, and and by by giving this space and by giving this oxygen, then it's going to just be, you know, then he'll be come back into the, rev, you know, people's reverie and people's um, thought and thoughts that, 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 you know, he where he doesn't belong, honestly. But well, I don't yeah. think that's that's that article is not a positive breakdown of what's in the office. It's breaking down what an idiot, uh, self-centered egotist this guy is. So it's 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 mocking him not praising him or trying to you know this isn't for his his base this is for everybody else who thinks he's a total idiot i think it is but at the same time it's like you know the circus freaks are it it's like a it's clickbait so people are going to click on it it's going to provide revenue in some way so we're still making money for the media even if he's not making money himself and the best thing that ever happened to our country is when you know, Twitter finally decided and Facebook and all these, it's like, okay, this is a step too far. Let's cut this shit off. We've, you know, we've made our money off of it now. Now let's try to get back to normal. But the media can't quit it. It's like this weird crack that they're on. You know, they're, 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 they're insisting on using it because they know that people will continue to look at it. And I even looked at it. So I looked at it once. I didn't look at it again. It's like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. And then, yeah, as you say, it was like in a mocking way, but that still is making money for well, somebody. It's, it's not only making money, which it is, but it's also being spread again. You know, I mean, there's like there's photo, there's this tweet from Stephen Miller just had a terrific meeting with President Trump. I mean, he literally says President Trump and it's been ret- retweeted a couple of thousand times already. And, you know, and then, of course, there are people who are applying to that tweet. So oh, President Trump, LMAO. Oh, is that a Coca-Cola bottle behind the telephone? Again, now, again, there's relevance here because there's reactions. 
to the yeah. tweet. There's reactions to the news that was that was shared. So I don't know. I think that's uh, I've already expressed my disdain for for media in a previous episode. And in as much as I feel that they're a source for information, they're just as guilty of spreading, helping to spread, even if it's inadvertently disinformation and misinformation that's out there by giving oxygen and giving uh, agency to these a-holes to to spread unwelcome in information yeah and i and i agree with you ag it's not meant to be uh a, you know it's not meant to be something that would be that should be taken seriously but we've all seen and 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 have relatives who think onion, the onion articles are real and they spread that and they continue to spread those as lies so anywho um so wait, I do have one positive thing that sort of happened this weekend. I didn't watch any of it, but apparently <clears throat> it's uh, Hit, Hideki Matsuyama. I can't, I can't remember how to pronounce Hide, his last name. Hideki Matsuyama. Okay, I was, I was close. He won the Masters, and in Japan, it's a pretty damn big uh, deal that he won the Masters. And, and he seems like a pretty good dude. Um you know, maybe not. I don't know how big golf. It seems like it's pretty big. I don't know if it's as big as baseball there, because I know that Ichiro was pretty big uh, in uh, Japan when he was playing. Hideki Matsui, I think, was another pretty popular player. Uh, Shohei o- 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 Otani, I think, is his name. Shohei but, Otani from yeah, the, um, but, yeah, yeah. But to, to have that, I don't think there's. I mean, obviously, the first, I think. Unless I don't know, I'm not a huge golf. I like playing golf now, but I don't know yeah. all the big history. But that's pretty big, and it was pretty cool to see. He seems like a good guy, but imagine that the the weight of a nation upon your shoulders, and, and you kind of have that, uh, you know. And you know, I, I think that's that's kind of cool that he was able to pull it off. Yes, sports heroes are definitely uh, regaled. Um, very highly in Japan and Hideki Matsuyama is the first Japanese national to win, to win the masters. And so he, That's definitely, awesome. he definitely is a, um, a trendsetter in that sense. And he's a not trendsetter. What's the word I'm looking for? Pioneer. Standard uh, bearer kind of. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know if he really had the, you know, if he was really carrying the weight of the country in his back, but I think the, the, um, support that even came from the non-Japanese uh, golf fans was, was really high. You know, they were like, okay, this is fantastic. It's, 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 it's not often you witness firsts. Right. And so Hideki Matsuyama was the first, and I think that's going to go a long way. Well, uh, the reason why they were saying that he was sort of carrying a little bit of that is because he had sort of come out. He was nine, he was 19 when the, uh, the earthquake and the, the nuclear, I can't remember the name of the nuclear place. The uh, I know I always say it that way. I, I, I'm going to continue saying it that way. Uh, the the reactor and all that. And so he was 19 when that happened, and he was supposed to go. Oh, the, it, the one in the one in 2013. Yeah, and he so there was some story about him. You know, he wasn't. He didn't want to go because he wanted to stay closer to home. And then, but the, he got all this fan mail. And people are saying, no, you've got to go represent uh, anyway. And he was only like 19 when it happened. So, you know, the fact that it kind of came full circle for him anyway to kind of give a bit of that. Uh, uh, it's not closure, obviously, but it, uh, apparently that was why it was a bigger deal, because there, there was some story about that in Japan. I heard about that on the American uh, sports radio today. Apparently he flew he flew home to Japan 
um, carrying the green jacket and flying commercial. Uh, Isn't that? So, look at that guy. Look at that guy. That's smart. Yeah, I mean, he's just, yeah. No, I, I, I guess I need to read more. I didn't realize that whole background at the, I think it was in Fukuoka where that, um, yeah, where Fukushima. the nuclear, where the nuclear plant, ne- ne- nuclear. oh boy i'll never end that one (laughs) but um no and i'm and i'm glad that 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 well first of all i'm glad that these things i mean like sports on tv is back i mean even if it's just playing in the background at bars that i frequent uh it's nice to it's nice to see that versus freaking i don't know whatever else that's up there normally i think one time i mean i was they only played like freaking what is it? The four guys who do pranks. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know who you're, those fuckers. Yeah, it's impractical really jokers. Impractical yeah, jokers. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You know, nobody wants. Nobody wants to watch it. But um, but speaking of bars that, that I frequent, <laughs> I actually. Well, what? One last thing. Oh, I'm, I'm glad he won in Georgia, because. Heyo. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Where's your anti-Asian hate now? <laughs> no, um, I uh, I actually just came back from uh, from a quick quick weekend trip to, uh, down south, Southern California, and it was interesting because. There was definitely compliance from people. People were walking around wearing masks. Uh, the hotels and restaurants they had, you know, very strict, very strict guidelines. There were there were there were people. There were bars and restaurants that did enforce, hey, you know, you can't be gathering gathering close to one another, that type of thing. But Saturday night, last I guess it was only a couple of days ago, I walked through the gas lamp area, gas lamp district of San Diego, downtown San Diego, and it did not look like there was a pandemic. I mean, I think there was there was a lot of performative safety maybe in the daytime, but come nighttime when people when when bars and restaurants could reap the benefits of a tourist tourist attraction and local and local clientele. Uh, places were packed. It was interesting to it was interesting to see. I mean, you don't see that really here in portland um no you know people and i this is what i keep telling my you know people who ask is that i think i think restaurants and bars here in portland and i'm sure because they know what's at stake they're very compliant here in portland you know i mean you know there's always going to be those outliers there's always going to be like that you know that dive bar in North Portland that OLCC doesn't even want to go near near and check, right? So they might they might be non-compliant, but uh, but I think so. It was kind of a, a stark stark difference. I definitely did not feel comfortable, and in fact, um, you know, I Saturday night I was like, oh, 8 p.m. looks like I'm gonna be uh, watching NCIS at the hotel and <laughs> you know, drinking a little bit of the Honor Bar. But uh, it was just it was just a very interesting it was a very interesting sight to see. What's even more interesting is California, the state of California, I think, is reopening or plans to reopen fully June 15th or something like that. So uh, and apparently that is based, uh, according to Gavin Newsom, that's based on the current vac- current vaccination rate. And they're 
low low or declining case count. So we'll see what happens. I, I just I definitely questioned it after seeing what I saw in the gas lamp district this past Saturday. Yeah, I think it's a bad idea. I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the why the numbers are going up where the, uh, the, the variant, the one from the UK is now the dominant uh, virus. And there's even some, I it was recently about a, a double mutation and one of the viruses that are out there. And, you know, I just think that um, it's not just Americans either. This is across the world where this is happening. So it'd be a mistake to say, oh, it's just stupid Americans, although Americans are stupid. Uh, It's more of just people who are throwing caution to the wind now because there is a a vaccine, because the numbers were going down. um, It's just, it's unfortunate. I mean, it's this economic factor that will always, (laughs) it will, I don't want to say, I'm not going to use that word. It will over, it will outweigh the common sense factor and uh, you know, it's kind of hard to blame them too, because these restaurants, these people, you know, as we all know, we've talked about many times before. I mean, these are their businesses, it's their livelihoods. It's very difficult to, you know, blame them for doing it. Uh, I just know that it's gonna, unless people actually use the masks and really do the social distancing, like they need to do it. Even if they're going to be in bars, you know, still try to do the best that they can. Uh, you know, if the alcohol doesn't stop it from happening. It's going to happen. Yeah, but- I think in, in San Diego, at least in the Gaslamp District on Saturday and even on Friday, it it was it seemed to me like it was easier to spot the tourists in the in the crowd because they are the ones who are who are still wearing masks. I think right. you know, like, and had you know. Um, I would, I mean, like even myself, I would take a sip and then I'd put my, my mask back on. Um, and I see it wasn't rampant, but I saw a, bu- a bunch of other people do that. But certainly I think, you know, and I, and you could tell whether somebody's from Southern California versus somebody who's just visiting. And so the ones who look like they're from Southern California, they were not as compliant, especially the younger people. Um, Cause you know, they were, I mean, the clubs were open, you know, there was, uh, it was still, it was still at a certain capacity only. Um, but again, I think it was, there were more, there were more of the thinking that, Hey, if we can reap the benefit from this crowd and get the revenue, you know, and as long as we, you know, we're still practicing some social distancing and still calling people out if they don't have their masks, which they do, um, that they're sort of compliant in that sense, but it was a stark difference. And I mean, obviously I feel like a hypocrite here right now because I did go to Southern California but that was really, I just needed to, it was a mental break. It was going to be sunny and warm there, which it was. And I really needed that. But it made me, it, def, it definitely gave me pause. And it definitely made me appreciate the environment here in uh, in Portland. And maybe, you know, this week with the, with it being sunny, maybe I'll, maybe I'll see evidence otherwise. So <laughs> hopefully not. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, well, definitely it is. It was definitely stark uh, reminder that people, are at varied levels of belief about what we're all collectively going through right now. Uh, in Roseburg, uh, I was sorry, in the Roseburg area, I already said it. Uh, what are, how are things at AG? Uh, things are fine. I, you know, people are pretty good about masking up. I do see people 
with the mask slipping below their nose, but you know, you're not going to just start picking on people to do that. Right. To comply. So you just got to take it with, you know, take it as it comes. But for the most part, I do see people, I don't see a lot of, or hear a lot of complaints about the masks. I do say in bars People are doing only what is allowed. So if it's if you're allowed to be in a bar and you have a drink and you can have your mask off while you're drinking, the mask will be off. Okay. Right. So they're just doing minimal or just bare level compliance. So if anywhere is like so we were at a bar in town here and it was somebody's birthday. This was before our more recent sort of um, moving down a category. There was nobody in there wearing a mask and every no social distancing. It was just like any crowded birthday party at any bar you've ever been to during a pandemic. And I was like, I don't want to stay, even if I'm in a mask, I don't want to stay in there long because <laughs> just who knows what's getting in the air. And I, I do realize that there are ways that this gets transmitted. That is not just, you just happen to be in a room with somebody. There's, there's things, you know, you have to touch your eye or it has to get in your nose. And generally there's a certain amount of exposure that you need to have in order to catch something. That being said, it's much harder to do it when everyone's wearing a mask. So mm -hmm. I just didn't feel comfortable in there. I left. And so there's just different kind of, I think people want to do it so that everybody in the community is protected in some sense, but really when it comes down to it, people are just willing to take the risk and that's where we have trouble. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that last statement right there, people are, are willing to take, to take the risk is the, is the, is the fact right now. I mean, and again, it's not just an American thing. It's, it's going on in France. It's going on in, in other parts of Europe. It's going on in South Africa. I mean, everywhere it's still going on. And, you know, again, it's because, <clears throat> as you say, human, be human beings have decided that, um, I guess they've decided that it's more important for them to live their lives than it is to eradicate this. And, and even though it's un in, in an uncomfortable fashion and, that's the thing. If people would have just done what they needed to do and leaders in power, regardless of party, would have just done what they needed to do across the world, we would be rid of this by now uh, significantly, or at least it would be something in the rearview mirror, something we can manage. Uh, but quite clearly, it, we're not capable of doing that as you know, a species. Uh, we're not as disciplined as, as the virus is. Uh, and so the, until that happens, man, this is going to be around for a long time. And who knows how long the virus will, or the, uh, the vaccine will be effective for. I know they, they're saying that uh, at least after six months, it's still pretty effective. We don't know. It could be only a year. We have to do this every fucking year. We've got to get people vaccinated uh to to protect ourselves from this and if that's the case that's a pretty 
that's a pretty scary proposition. Uh, I think for the idea of going back to normal, because uh, you're not going to find a cure. You're not going to eradicate it unless you can get to the herd Im- immunity on a large scale. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely worried about it. And that's herd immunity globally. So it's not like yes. once we reach herd immunity here in the U.S., we're good to go. No, it has to be a global herd immunity. It, it is. It's tough. I mean, I myself kind of struggle a little bit with with um, with it only mainly because the way I feel about okay, and, and part of it is because I'm I'm kind of dealing with it from a workplace situation now too. If you put too many restrictions out there if there's too many restrictions especially you know if those restrictions are not fully 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 explained with full transparency as to why those restrictions exist and, and what i mean by that especially when in terms of covid is like okay oha guy all right but what numbers are you who who are being hospitalized who are dying blah blah, blah etc and not that any life is less than any somebody else's but i'm just saying okay but give us the actual data shows the data when we're informed then i think we could make better decisions we can make more informed decisions right so if you put too many restrictions out there it it opens it up for people who are you know varied again varied levels of belief to kind of do what they want to do and rebel and and go rogue and whatnot um and also those same people or maybe somebody similar will then latch on to, well, I think this one right here is more true for me. So I'm going to latch on to this information and then decide to do what I need to decide to do versus what really needs to be out there. You know? So, cause I mean, like even here for Multnomah County right now, I know um, it, um, uh, AG's, AG's world. And I think you said that you said that you didn't really go down to a level, but you're still at a, at a higher, a higher level or you know, if I have right. over that. We're uh, at the same level as Multnomah is now, but Multnomah was higher and went down. Correct. And we were lower and went up. Or, yeah. you know, if you want to phrase that. So we're both at the same level now, but we've never been above where we are. Whereas oh, Multnomah- got it. Got it. You're right. Multnomah was always, Multnomah always was in worse shape. But, but you know, but so again, so when, so the thing, uh, the mod, we went back up from moderate to high risk. And it's going to be reviewed every two weeks. And I get that. But again, from the whole herd immunity thing and, 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 and having the, I don't know, is there such a thing as the environment and the people in the environment healing collectively? And if you keep stunting that, then we're never going to get to that healing, you know? So there's that kind of like that thing as well. Okay. If you just, I, I get that there's maybe a little, like a little blip, in the in the case count and maybe you know a little little blip in the hospitalizations and, and the and the deaths but if that's happening in, in in like a very remote area of oregon why why implement something a little bit you know why implement something broader than that you know or if it is happening in Multnomah county again what is what is causing those blips is it is it fair to then penalize you know, 75% of the population to whom that's not, that little blip is not happening, which will then cause those people to go, go rogue, go have their 30 people party at, in their, in their backyards and in their, in their living rooms, as opposed to enjoying in a safe manner in a, in the, in pub, in public restaurants and bars that were just about 
getting ready to to ramp things back up. I know I know bar bar owners that prior to the April 9th going back down to moderate, uh, going back up to to high risk, who had already hired their people back, and now they're gonna have to let them go again. So it's you know economically there's there's impact that from a psychological standpoint for these, you know for these folks who are relying on such employment, there's also an impact. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not saying that I'm not saying there's an answer to what I'm, you know, everything that I'm sharing right now, but it's just a lot of thought thoughts that, that go through my head and it puts somebody like me kind of in that distrust uh, side. It's like, okay, what do I try? Why can, can I truly trust OHA and the, you know, the powers that be in, in this state to make the right decisions for the state? That's where I'm at right now. You know, and it's and it's probably probably what a lot of people do feel, and so it does lead to, I don't know, it's almost like self propagating, right? By restricting, you're actually increasing the cases because people are rebelling. Because at this point, it's 13 months since since the, since this all started. Not only are people tired of it, they're tired of hearing the same things. It's like, okay, if you know, we've got the vaccination rates where they're at right now, and the, um, you know, and and the I don't know, social distancing is still working and, and whatnot. What's what's to say that easing things up a little bit more is actually what's what's needed in order to get us to where we need to go? I don't know. I'm gonna stop talking for a bit because I'm I'm seeing some nonverbal cues from both of you. No, there's no cues there. I mean, I just think that <laughs> I don't think there's really any. I mean, to me, I don't really agree with. The idea of just reopening, I think we've we keep trying to to treat this in these weird half measures and in piecemeal fashion. And it's all based upon, you know, political affiliation and who people want to believe as who's their best belief, because there's no strong central government enforcing this is one of those times when you need uh in my opinion guidance from the federal government on how to handle it appropriately unfortunately we're not going to get that because politics has already screwed it up because the previous guy yeah and so we're kind of fucked until people just realize that you know this is a wartime mindset that we have to have and if we had if our leaders had engaged in this kind of half-assed bullshit back in World War II, we would have lost. There's no question in my mind that we would have lost the war because there's nothing to, and it's not perfect. They weren't perfect. They did a lot of bad things. Not everybody's the same, different generation. I get it. But you have to attack it in the mindset of, okay, this is, it's got to be something that's going to help my community. Well, first, it'll help, it'll help my neighbor. It'll, it'll help my family. It'll help my community. It'll help the, the state, the county. It'll help the country. And it should be a mobilizing thing because, I mean, even the idiots realize that their family members are dying from it. And... You know, they can hold on to their misguided beliefs as much as they want. We don't need every one of them. We need 70% of people to do it. 
would it be good to get more than that? Yes, but 70% will get us to herd immunity. And so all we need is about 20 more percent of the idiots out there just to get on board with the idea. It doesn't help when you have even the vacillation of these pathetic people like Gavin Newsom and, and Kate Brown and all these people you know, they want to reopen, everything's to be fine, but they won't release, you know, as you said, the information to show what's the actual risk, where do we need to like tam down on some of this stuff? Because they don't even know. I guarantee you, they don't even know right now. And that's what the problem is, is that it's just so much of a clusterfuck and it shows the weakness of democracy to a certain extent when you have all at least certainly the the way the states are set up with this weird thing that we got going on i mean i get why it's in place but it's not built for this type of a moment if you declare a national emergency declare a fucking national emergency and make it happen and for good for good for for good reasons it shouldn't just be able to declare a national emergency randomly now this is clearly a national emergency if you're going to enact the, the National Production Act, you know, what the fuck? Why are there no vaccines available then in a lot of places still for, for people who want to get them? Yeah. You know, why are these things happening? You have these powers and you're not doing anything with them. So to me, and it's because you've got a bunch of Republican governors and states who don't want to go along with it. And then you got a lot of Democratic governors who are shitting their pants because they think that, oh, the people are going to finally abandon the idea. So we better reopen because that's what they're doing in Texas. And it, it's about business. It, it's what it's, it's about money and not about health. Then, you know, you're screwed and we're screwed. Well, with if Inslee does the same thing, and I haven't heard anything at all from the from Washington State, but if Inslee does the same thing as Newsom does for, if Inslee, if Inslee does the same thing for Washington State as Newsom is doing for California, you can bet Kate, who is not a leader, she's a follower. Kate yeah. is just gonna all of a sudden, all of a sudden, okay, I guess we're gonna open, and it's not gonna be based on science. It's gonna be based on what the neighbor up north in the neighborhood uh, down south is doing because that's basically had that's been her approach this whole time it seems yep. you know uh anyway so covid 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 it's it's you know i'm looking forward to my vaccination that's for damn sure i'm really hoping to to get my, my to get myself vaccinated next week um depending on when i can snag snag a because uh, uh, an appointment because honestly at and the place that I work, we're doing vaccination clinics basically six days a week now. We're helping out a couple of outfits do the vaccination clinic. So, and so we're seeing a thousand, fifteen hundred people get vaccinated every uh, every day, six day. You know, I don't know, do the math. Uh, fifteen hundred people a day, six days a week. So, uh, and that's been going on for about four weeks now. Nine thousand. And so, and we're, um, and we're set to, to help out these outfits through July 6th. So I'm, 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 uh, I'm a little bit, a little bit more confident in, in, in a a way, but, uh, but definitely looking forward to things being, you know, a little bit more open uh, because it's safe to open one. So we're going to take a quick break. uh, And then when we come back, we'll, we'll tell you a little bit about what we're, what to expect 
uh, at the next episode, which is actually a milestone episode for us. We'll be right back. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash innocuousbastards. Find us on Twitter as at innocbastards. Or follow our blog at innocuousbastards.wordpress.com. Email us at innocuous.bastards at gmail.com. Sakura season, and I was reading somewhere, or maybe I heard it on a podcast, that this year is the most, is the bloomiest since 1407 or something like that. And I mean, like, they measure it in Japan, in in Kyoto. They measure it like this is, I mean, obviously, we've seen, I've seen a lot of bloomy Sakura seasons, but, and cherry blossom seasons, but apparently, this is March. Whatever the one that just passed, April, I guess, April 5th or whatever, was the bloomiest Sakura season since 1407. To be honest with you, I, I don't remember the, the, the trees being this full of, uh, of petals. It's really kind of cool. It, I mean, it's 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 insane because, I mean, like there's a there's a cherry blossom patch between the steel bridge and Burnside, I think, downtown on the waterfront. And I was actually, because I personally was going, wow, I've never seen it this thick and I've never seen it this vibrant. And I didn't, even, I didn't really put two and two together until I heard that mentioned in a podcast uh, just recently. So anyway, so enjoy that Sakura tree, Mac. It means the world is coming to an end in about six months. <laughs> it is one of the uh, precursors. I think then it's the locust. The locust will, have, uh, will happen soon. So... Uh, I kind of teased about it a little bit before the break, but we do have a milestone episode coming up, uh, um, which is going to be uh, the next the episode after this. And it's actually our 200th episode, um, which is kind of hard to believe. I don't. Um, and well, actually, what's uh, disappointing is that I don't remember celebrating our 100th episode. But. I thought we did something, but I don't know. It was many, do many. Re- do you recall it? Uh, not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, let's see if we can find it here. But uh, so there have been, I mean, like 200 episodes. It's kind of hard to believe. And, you know, well, first of all, it's hard to believe we still don't have a sponsor. So I don't know what the hell is up with that. I mean, we're putting out content uh, on, on the regular here. Amazing so, content, amazing content. And uh, <laughs> yes, you're right. We should have an, an unwitting sponsor at some point. It was like, you know what? Let's just uh, let's give, let's give those guys a 20. <laughs> no, we want to have a witting sponsor. We've, we have a lot of unwitting sponsors. What we if we took, like- we took an unwitting and made them witting is the thing. If we, we say it enough, then they'll start to believe it. And then we'll get all the freebies and pub that we can handle. Perfect. A free trip to Mar-a-Lago. Perfect. Mac, when you're Mac, when you're Let's tweeting. Let's go with Aviation Gin. Aviation <laughs> Gin. Let's have Aviation Gin. Use I like hashtag, it. hashtag witting on the in our in, on our Twitter account, Mac. When you're <laughs> yes, yes. Witting. Hashtag witting. Quitting. Quitting. Throwback to a you know who, but uh, you you mentioned Mac that I know several episodes ago you would also uh, when we're talk, when we're doing our production meeting 
you hearken periodically to previous episodes or episodes that 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 you enjoyed. Um, do you want to speak a little bit to that, or do you want to save it for the two hundredth? No, I mean, I think uh, I think we're going to be pretty busy on the two hundredth. Uh, I think that's a time of uh, not looking back but looking forward <laughs> uh, <laughs> to hopefully our 500th episode someday when we're rich and famous. But uh, no, I think uh, there's been a number of, uh, uh, I mean, we'll probably save some, some stories, but, you know, certainly I miss, and we may have to bring back based on popular demand, our ridiculous uh, celebrity death tournament, um, at least on a small scale, doesn't necessarily have to be quite as involved with the dice and slow motion and all that. But I mean, that was the kind of production value that we that we brought to the table. And again, as you said, it wasn't asked for, and yet there it is. But, uh, you know, I personally killed Robin Williams. Um, I'm happy and proud of that to this day. Um, and allegedly. I'm sure that it, allegedly. it, yeah, allegedly, I don't have direct proof, but you know, it, it definitely happened. It definitely happened. And you put, you know, it, out, you put it out yeah. in the universe. And I put it out there. It happened. You know, I feel bad for his family. I feel bad for him. Uh, but I like being right. So um, <laughs> yeah, it is one of the few, just <laughs> one of the few uh, times I've been really right. Uh, we've had a number of different incidents on um, the show that, uh, you know, some have been on air, some have been off air, some have involved food. Uh, if you can call uh, gummy worms food, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> all sorts of different things, you know. I, I think the it's the overall experience that people need to remember. We've we've been there with you, yeah, uh, through the thick and thin. Yeah, the flight of the gummy worms were, were was definitely a very memorable sight, and and sad that people cannot really see that happen. But we we saw it and we remember it. Um, and something also food related um, is. Uh, there was one episode where we had, I think our special guest or background guest was just eating chips or tortilla <laughs> chips and was super, super noisy and, and everything was caught on audio on that one. And, um, Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. That The quality entertainment that you've been paying for, but only with your soul. And then who can forget your, your personal favorite when uh, somebody was just mumbling in the background and you just had it up with it, had it up to here. And you said the most famous line. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'm going to have and to believe me. That. There was a good, there was a good reason for that screech. Uh, and it was deserved. I don't feel bad about it. Uh, I do it again. Uh, in fact, if they are a listener at some point, I would challenge them again uh to a rematch uh to see if it'd be the most annoying for that particular episode but yeah no there's there's been all sorts of things we, you know we've had some duds uh interviews i remember uh they're not bad people uh it was just a bad idea to bring them on i remember we had a a gal came on and he talked about dungeons and dragons i remember her name right of hand i think uh it's from a, a, a place i used to work Usually when I bring in the guests, they fail miserably because I think, oh, that sounds great. Because I heard about people were doing this. There was this thing back in the day. I think they were doing like um, the virtual Dungeons and Dragons things. And it was like a podcast. I, I don't even know why that would be a good idea now. But it was it, it was a fail. 
you know, I'm going to admit that. Uh, you know, there's there's been other things that we've done that haven't worked, but I think, it, 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 you know, again, it's it's genius at genius at work. You just you just gotta let the geniuses go. <laughs> well, I, I I would have to second your uh, celebrity death match um, endorsement there um, about possibly bringing that back. Ag, how do you feel about that? The celebrity death match. Well, it, we had a lot of fun doing it, and. Uh, you know, it's not meant to be a negative thing or necessarily wishing any of this on there. It's just celebrities are ripe for taking some pot shots at, and this is harmless uh, fun. That's just fun to throw ideas out. And uh, I, I mean, I'm down with it. We, we lost a couple of good ones though. Uh, Prince Philip. Finally. I saw that. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Prince Philip look, looked like have, has looked like a corpse for like the last couple of years, and so um, it's just nice that it's official now. But to, you know, to your point though, Ag, I think last year or maybe the last couple of years have been almost like really a, there were a lot of low hanging fruits that we could have definitely struck struck <laughs> struck gold if we did the CDM during uh, during the last couple of years. But hey, it's never too late. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, and then, sorry, go ahead. Well, like I, you know, I learned Dick Van Dyke's still alive. It's like, okay, you know, if we were to do that, he would definitely be, you know, a, a solid candidate. And well, I don't know if it's just it's just our age or our age group, but uh, I I know that when somebody in conversation brings up, I don't know, whatever, let's say Chuck Norris or whoever, my first question is, is he still alive? Like I always go to the, I always go to the, and then I would go on the Wikipedia and find out, oh yeah, they're still alive and kicking. But uh, I don't know, just because of the, the actors and celebrities and whatnot that we grew up with or grew up watching, <clears throat> they were already, some of them were already old when we were, when we grew up watching them. So, I mean, I think it's a fair a question to ask. But plus, yeah. Plus like we lost a, several of several celebrities that, who their their whole deal was are they still alive we lost Abe Vigoda right yeah and we lost Wilford Brimley the those two guys are like the the paragons of still kicking but we can't have them on any we can't have them in the tournament anymore unfortunately so well you know that actually might be a good way to introduce the tournament is that segment you just said are they still alive that could be a perfect uh, precursor <laughs> to the actual tournament because then that's when you sort of go through it. You, you get like a bunch of people you think, okay, are, are they alive or dead? Okay. They're alive. Okay. They, they can qualify for the tournament. And, 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 and then, you, and then you get your pool of candidates uh, and then you, you know, and then you put them to the tournament. So I think that might be uh, right. What, the, what you just said right there, that might be the pregame show to the tournament. Are that's they still alive? That sounds like something that we should run past our guests on episode two hunt. I agreed. I agreed. would agree with that as well. Let's get them. Let's get him. Let's get them in on the fun. Plus at the end of the day, it's also plausible deniability. So if we, if they end up, if they end up accurately predicting, then somebody's death, then it's on them. It's not, it's not on us. Right. 
Well, I say at the very least, if there is a class action type lawsuit, it'll be spread out. So the <laughs> fi- the financial damages will be a little bit less for us. Well, I just feel like uh, I'm going to be better prepared now for the CDM because there's better there's better wiki info. Like honestly, the whole DMX death thing that threw me uh, that threw me a curveball uh, because I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize he was sick you know, or whatever, right? And he was only 51 or something like that. He was still pretty young. Stop. So, huh? Drop. Shut him down up a nut shop. See, there you go. See? But uh, I just feel like I'm going to be better informed for the, for the... So this would actually be CDM... Is it 3.0 or 4.0? I can't remember now. I'm trying to remember now. Uh, I, think it, I think it's 3.2, yeah. All right. And I and I know that if it's if our if if our websites if our WordPress work web, website still exists, uh, I think I'll do a little bit of digging to see who the uh, who among our previous finalists, and maybe that's going to be the first part. Uh, first quite first start would be: Are these finalists still alive? So, I think I won once. I don't know who won the second one. That's the thing we got to figure out. I know I won on George W. H. W. Bush. I remember that from the first, from the inaugural episode. Yeah. On, on that one. I think I was the winner. I don't know. The second one, I don't remember. But yeah, I, there's somebody great. I mean, Betty White's still out there. I mean, she's got to be at least a, a top three seed. Um, you know, uh, uh, Bob, Bob, Bob Barker's still alive. He's got to be a top three seed. There's so many great teams, not not teams. There's so many great celebrities out there who are circling the drain. Uh, surely, surely we can figure out uh, a champion from that group. All right, I agree, but don't call me Shirley. So here's the thing. So obviously we've teased this, so we got to deliver CDM 3.0. It's going to happen, um, and I'm probably going to stop saying CDM because we need to actually, from a branding standpoint, it's celebrity death match. And um, we'll get, you know, we'll get, we'll get the, the gang, you're right, uh, on the 200th on the, uh, involved in maybe in, in some form or fashion about this. And uh, we'll get more, hopefully we'll get more engagement from our, from our audience to see if they can play along. And I know if I, unless I'm recalling incorrectly, we normally time it during uh, March Madness, but we don't have to be tied to that uh, anymore. So we could we could we could do this celebrity death match any old time, you know. The, the celebrities die any old time. We, they, you know they don't wait until March Madness to do so. So we shouldn't either, right? Agree, gents? Yeah, there's there's no time frame on celebrities dying. So and when and we're and we're more than willing to take responsibility for their deaths, <laughs> allegedly. So um, all right, so. Uh, Ag, do you have anything in particular that you want that you're recalling and uh, from the last 199 episodes, 198 maybe because we can't count this one. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm, I'm thinking a little bit about the pops. Um, we've had some good ones of those. I think we've talked about that in the past. But oh yeah, wouldn't be bad to bring up that one really really good one. Oh yeah, from episode. I think it was 123. 123. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Got to bring back um, the pop. The, I just remember as far as our early episodes of trying to find my place a little bit. And 
the episodes that we're talking about, Gummy Worms, Shut the Fuck Up, were really interesting. And we were, it was a little kind of out of control, <laughs> if you will. Um, and, and nothing, nothing, anything anybody was doing wrong. It was just, we started, we started an episode and we didn't quite know what was going to happen during it. So uh, those were fun and kind of chaotic and I kind of, I liked it. But, and the other, the other thing that I like a lot is that, man, I get kind of ripped by the second, when we were recording two episodes, I'm getting like, I need to not drink anymore because <laughs> I don't know how much sense I'm making. Well, I, I do kind of miss a couple of things because like there was occasionally we would actually even get to a third episode. Mm. And by that time, all bets are off. You don't know. There's no shut the fuck up. There's just there's more of that kind of thing going on. Uh, I, I do think that for the 200th, though, we have to be true to the uh, not the morals, but the sort of for Yeah, we we gotta get we gotta get fucked up uh, for the 200th a little bit. I think uh, as best as we can in a safe in a safe way, as safe as you can be. Uh, and 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 make sure that people uh, uh, really see the uh, where 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 the show began. I would agree. I would agree with that one because uh, I I for one actually do believe that we sound more smart and more you know more on on the note. I'm sorry. See, I I'm sober right now. That's why I can't speak. But I think we we do a lot better work when we're uh, when we're already two episodes in or th three episodes in, but to, to be fair to you, to be fair to AG, there were quite a few. And, you know, this is behind this, you know, behind the curtain information here, sausages made information. There were quite a few third recordings that did not see the light of day because after I was, I sobered up and started editing and I reach out to you both. I'm going, we cannot release this episode. Yeah. We cannot. We it's, it's too far too far on the bastard end. There's nothing innocuous about these this recording. So there are quite a few of those. And I think we released some of them as After Dark, but uh, I, I can't remember now. Um, so definitely a lot of reminiscing, hopefully. Uh, I cast a pretty pretty big net. Uh, I've heard from a couple of people. Uh, I did invite your wife, Emac. Uh, she did not respond. Uh, so whatever. I'll follow up on that. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully we, we, we get some folks uh, uh, joining the fun. Uh, I'd love to be able to, to reconnect with uh, quite a few of them. And, um, and you'll see, you'll hopefully hear some familiar voices for those of you, especially you, Edgar, who've been following the show for this whole time. Since and, day uh, one, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> before we end uh, this episode, does anybody have any recommendations from a, a social, I'm sorry, not social, but from a, Multimedia standpoint, Netflix, whatnot. Mac, you're nodding your head. Yeah, we got into uh, watching Godzilla uh, versus Kong, and then Godzilla King of the Monsters, which I remember when they came out. And I think uh, Godzilla versus Kong is the most recent one. It's just this year. It looks stupid, and it is stupid, but it's a good kind of stupid. It's the kind of stupid that you want to get back into. If you want to see it, a movie that's just mindless and just kind of fun, and I, you kind of, kind of got to like the kite, the, the kaiju, kind of thing. Also, I mean, I liked it a lot. 
the King of the Monsters one I hadn't seen. That one has uh, King Gamora, uh, Mothra, and all the above, and it was really good. It was really well done. At least, at least I thought it was really well done. And then, um, if you have kids, there's a guy. Oh, I think it's Toy Pals, where the the guy, if, if you're forced to watch YouTube videos with your kids, which if you do have kids, you're going to be forced to watch YouTube videos, um, where they, they open up toys, and most of the toys are from Godzilla and, and dinosaurs. It's fantastic. It's stupid. But it'll keep them busy for a long, long time. And uh, it's also sort of fun to watch, at least anyway. So I got some YouTube videos there for you. It's all, kai, it's all kaiju stuff. King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters or whatever the official title was. I enjoyed them in a, in a stupid way. <laughs> awesome. AG? Well, just piggybacking on that. Um, that's one of my first memories of any kind. We're watching monster movies on TV. Absolutely. And back in that day, that was like, that was your science fiction. It was monster movies. And I still have dreams occasionally where there's something huge roaming around the city and it's i don't know it's not terrifying when you're in it but it's kind of fun um as far as recommendations i'm still watching uh invincible uh it's (laughs) it's not it's not a perfect show and i still the animation still kind of i don't care for it that much but the what transpires in the show is pretty hardcore surprisingly for amazon and the other thing i've been re-watching the detour which <laughs> is a really funny comedy from tbs it's like kind of gross outy but it will it'll occasionally will hit you in the heart and it's just the stuff that goes on that's just really funny and the, the mom on the show is smoking hot and it's just like good performances across the board. So detour, I think it's on Hulu. Hulu. So pick that one up. Uh, AG, I took your advice and started watching Invincible and I am hooked myself as well. Um, right. It is definitely not what I expected, but it's also what I appreciate. And I get, I get it regarding the animation. It looks like it's 90s, 1990s animation, but I like. I really like the uh, the story, and I really like the direction. And uh, I, I I'm one episode behind right now because I got to watch what uh, the, the the newest one on Friday. But uh, yeah, I definitely would uh, give that a second second nod of approval. And then for my recommendation, again, it's a, it's a South Korean show because that's what's on my algorithm right now on Netflix. So and apparently I keep feeding the algorithm, but it's a um, it's a a series called Vincenzo. So it's a South Korean gangster who grew up with the whatever uh, adopted by an Italian family. So he's got, you know, so he's got, and he brought one back to Korea and brought his Italian mafia ways there. But it's what's what I like about it. And also, and also don't appreciate it is that it, it's like a roller coaster of emotions for each episode because there's comedy, there's drama, there's suspense, there's murder. There's, you know, there's, and then there's pl- plot twists. I'm like, ah, in all in one episode. And the episodes are, you know, w- as is customary for South Korean shows, they're anywhere from 47 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes. Kind of depends on the story that they want to tell in that episode. But I would recommend it. Uh, it, it starts out, you, you think that you'd be watching, but I would recommend it. Uh, it, it starts out, 
you you think that you'll be watching uh, some really serious um, Italian mafia drama that happens to feature Korean people, but then all of a sudden it takes it takes some uh, some welcome and unwelcome turns. But it, I think it's a good time. So it's called Vincenzo, and it's and it's on Netflix. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Edgar, as always, we appreciate your listenership. And for those of you who may have just happened upon this show, uh, thank you and sorry. But, uh, you know, if you stick around, at least stick around for the 200th, uh, which is our next episode. We hope that that would be an enjoy- as enjoyable a time for you all as I'm very certain it'll be an enjoyable time for us. And for that, good night.